Hi, I'm Randall Sims, and this is my podcast. Jesus, the Christ, at the cross of Calvary, purchased eternal life for you and for me. Life more abundant. That life has already begun, so why wait until the afterlife to live that life to the fullest? Welcome to the most impatient Christian podcast in the entire world. This is Christ Life Now. titles, but it's important for us to know that Philip was specifically an evangelist. In Acts chapter 8, verse 25, how many of you are familiar with the comic book character, The Flash? He can move so fast that the human eye can't even detect him. Maybe that was based on Philip the evangelist. Here's what the scripture tells us about Philip, starting in verse 25. So, when Peter and John had given their testimony and preached the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem preaching the good news about salvation in many Samaritan villages along the way. But an angel of the Lord said to Philip, get up and go south to the road that runs from Jerusalem down to Gaza. This is a desert road. So Philip, he got up and he went as an evangelist tends to do. And there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a man of great authority, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. So this was not just any normal person, but this was specifically a man from Ethiopia. He was a eunuch, and he had a lot of authority in the court of the queen Candace. He had come to Jerusalem, this eunuch, to worship, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot. He was reading the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. So here is this man. Well, he got enough there in the city to start reading the word, to start reading the scripture. That was a seed that was planted in his life, though we didn't have the New Testament at the time, but he was reading the scroll of Isaiah. And so you can tell that he was an intelligent man because of the fact that he could, first of all, read, and not because not everyone could. And then he was able to read a scroll that was not even in the original language that he himself would have spoken, being from Ethiopia. This man, no doubt, had a different look, a different concept of what worship would be than most of the other people that he was around being here amongst the Jews. And he would no doubt, at being from another place, being from Ethiopia, have had a different skin tone. Not to mention that he was, of all things, a eunuch. You can Google that later if you don't know what that involves. I won't go into detail. But that would have also made him to be perceived as very different to any man, evangelist or not. Yet here is Philip hearing and obeying the word of the Lord. Now get this, he is on the road and it, it doesn't say that he pulled over at a rest stop. This man is traveling from one point to another in a chariot. Chariots, if you haven't guessed, are pulled at this time most likely by horses. Now they're going pretty fast, right? God tells Philip this. God says, get up and go south to the road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he got up and he went. There he found the Ethiopian man. He said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Now that might seem like a simple, plain and cut scripture. But we have to understand that Philip was not on the road. The chariot had already left. The chariot wasn't pulled over somewhere waiting. The chariot was traveling. And the man, the horse is, you know, doing most of the work. The man was reading the scroll of Isaiah, the Ethiopian eunuch was, and God tells Philip to go and catch up with him. And Philip did. The flash. No, I'm serious. Think about how fast he would have to run when the man already had a head start, being pulled by horses, and Philip caught him. Our God is supernatural. God can do things that we cannot do. I've heard 
extraordinary tales of people running late for a meeting and they would have like a 45 minute drive ahead of them and they would make it in 10 minutes I'm not saying we can verify that but it came from reliable sources I've even heard a tale and you're going to think this is strange until I finish the story of Philip here I've heard tales of a person being directed an evangelist being directed to go to another country to minister and he would walk into a bathroom stall in the airport in France and when he walked out he was in another country that sounds far-fetched it sounds hard to believe and we want to be you know show me show me I don't need to see evidence I need to see, see proof I, I can't validate those stories but I can tell you the miracles that God has had recorded in his word I can tell you that Philip was the flash and that he traveled fast enough to catch up with the chariot so that he could minister the gospel to an Ethiopian eunuch. We're going to get Star Trek in just a minute. Y'all just wait. You think I'm kidding. Philip did catch up with the man, and he explained to him. He asked, do you understand what you're reading? And the Ethiopian said, well, how can I understand it unless someone explains it to me? Well, how convenient, because Philip just happened to be someone who understood. Philip just happened to be an evangelist. I say just happened to be, but that's really not true, is it? Because nothing just happens to be when God is involved. You see, Philip was the man with the plan of God right there in his hand, and he was going to tell the Ethiopian eunuch what he needed to know to change his life. This man is significant, by the way, this eunuch, because he's going to become, in just a moment, you'll see, he's going to become the first or one of the very first recorded Gentiles, that means non-Jews, one of the very first recorded Gentiles in the scripture to become a convert to Christianity. And in just a moment, as they're traveling along, they see a body of water. And the Ethiopian says, look, there's water. And he stops and he says, what is to prevent me from being baptized right now? And Philip tells him, Nothing's preventing you if you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is the Savior. Now notice that they were on the road, but, but Philip didn't lead him down the Roman road experience. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Philip didn't tell him you have to kneel and raise your hands and you must be crying and you have to say a certain prayer and you have to say it a certain way. Those things work, but that's not what Philip did to lead him to the Lord, is it? Nope. Philip said, nothing's to stop you from being baptized right now if you believe. The Ethiopian said, well, I believe right now, so let's do it. Right then, right there, he was born again. You see how easy that was? He didn't delay. He didn't say, let me think about it. Let me go home and pray about it. Let me talk to my mama. Let me talk to my dad. Let me see what my grandma thinks. Let me check with a few other evangelists. Let me see if I can find a pastor who can maybe help me to understand he didn't look for validation. All he had was a scroll of Isaiah that he didn't even understand until Philip explained it to him. We're really good about telling people, well, if you need to know, just read the Bible. Y'all, come on. Not everybody went to Sunday school all their life. Not everyone is a Bible scholar. We take it for granted that everyone can read. Guys, not everybody can even read. This isn't making fun of anyone, but most people are of average intelligence. That's why it's called average intelligence, right? There are a few people, like my wife, who are above above average intelligence <laughs> bonus points above average intelligence right and then there are some people just because there is an average and there isn't above average that are of below average intelligence and God loves them just as much as he loves any of us doesn't he but that doesn't mean that they can understand the language of the Bible I made good grades in high school but sometimes the Bible is hard to understand amen and I seek the guidance of other people 
I seek the guidance mostly of the Holy Spirit because he knows it very well. He orchestrated it and authored it. But when I'm studying for a sermon, I will go and I will look at Matthew Henry's commentary. I'll look at sometimes other commentaries. Matthew Henry is, is just my favorite. But I will look to see what the Holy Spirit has revealed to other people. And there is, even scripturally, there is wisdom in the counsel of many. Not to get on a tangent, but my point is that we can't assume that it's okay just to tell someone who needs to be ministered to, just read the Bible, it'll all be clear to you. Someone on Facebook will reach out and say, can someone please explain to me what it means to be a Christian? And, and the comments will below, some of them will be helpful, but others of them will be, just study the word and pray. Well, how are you going to pray if you don't even know who you're praying to? How are, you going to, how are you going to be guided by the Holy Spirit to understand the word if you don't even know who the Holy Spirit is? That's why God has you and me. That's why God has Phillips. That's why God has apostles, prophets, teachers, etc. It is up to us. Now, back to our, our flash scenario. What is it that we can glean from this scripture about the expeditious way that it all occurred? First of all, when God said go, he went quickly, supernaturally quickly. Supernaturally quick, yeah. He went really fast. He didn't delay. He didn't say, let me go and say goodbye to my wife or let me go and bury my father. God said go, Philip went. It was a now kind of thing. Any minute now, just look around. We don't have a lot of time left. We don't have many more days to continue in the way that we're currently going. How much time do we have? I don't know, but I do know that we don't have as much as we had last year. I know that we don't have as much as we had last week. It's a now kind of thing. I even would say that there needs to be an anointing of the now or a necessity of the now to fall upon each and every one of us. It's not a let me go and figure out a way to do it or let me pray about the finances to get this to happen it's a go ahead and get started now you know that's a beautiful cross and it's over a, a very nice baptistry isn't it it's even got a heater it's a nice but you know what's wrong with that baptistry it takes it more than five minutes to fill that's the only thing wrong and we don't leave water in it all the time because then we'd have to you know treat it with chlorine and put all kinds of chemicals and clean it on a regular basis that's the only thing wrong with it, that it doesn't feel just like that. Because the day is coming, church, if we will get with the spirit of the now so that we will need to have it filled already for Sunday morning service and Wednesday night service and Sunday night service and the revival services because we're going to act like Philip. We're going to have that spirit of Philip on us and we're going to say to people who say, what's to stop me from being baptized right now? And we'll say, there ain't nothing stopping you. We've got the baptistry full. Do you believe that Jesus is your savior? They say, yes. And we say, hop on in the water. We got a towel for you. Forget your white robe. Go ahead and take your cell phone out. We're going to baptize you, completely submerge you as an outward showing of what God is doing on the inside because you believe. Amen. That time is getting close. It's getting ready. And, and in fact, we might need to go ahead and fill it up for next Sunday because we're running out of time. And the scripture tells us that in the last days, do you know that we're living in the last days? God is going to cause a quick work. We know, as Joel prophesied, that in the last days, the Holy Spirit would be poured out on all flesh. 
That's black flesh, white flesh, yellow flesh, red flesh, green flesh, all flesh. Amen. The Holy Spirit is about to move and about to fall. But he doesn't move just by someone saying, read your Bible and pray. He moves because of the Phillips of this world who say, when? Right now? Okay. And they start running. They get on the road and they get to the chariot and they baptize an Ethiopian eunuch, or whoever it is that will say, I believe. In the spirit of, of the now, in the spirit of the getting things done right now and not delaying and not waiting, I always say that you, you start when the Lord tells you to start. You start when there's a vision. If God wanted you to wait until the time is right, he could have waited until that time to tell you. The illustration that I always give with that is if he calls you and tells you that he wants you to be a doctor, that doesn't mean that you immediately start, you know, listening to people's hearts with a stethoscope and cutting them open and rearranging things, right? No, but it means that you start looking for a school. You start getting your grades right. You don't just wait and say, God's called me to be a doctor. So I'm going to stay at home and play video games all day. And I know that that's going to happen. 20 years, you won't be a doctor. But the time is now. The Ethiopian, he also had the spirit of the now on him, didn't he? Philip got there quickly. He got there right now. And he didn't delay. He received the seed of the word, the scrolls of Isaiah. It was explained to him, and he believed. And he didn't have to wait for a baptistry to be filled. He didn't say, well, I would, but I, I, I don't know if I want to be baptized today because i got to invite my family. Because we make a, a man ceremony out, man-made ceremony out of it, don't we? Nothing wrong with people seeing you. We, we love for people to see us. But look, when it's time for you to be baptized, the time is now. When it comes time for you to be born again, you best not delay. None of us are promised tomorrow. We can't even be certain of all of today. That's not to be morbid, but we just need to have that in our minds. You need to understand that you need to be a Philip. God may not send you to another country, but whatever God is telling you to do, wherever he is telling you to go, now's the time to get started. The eunuch didn't delay right now. Yeah, let's do it now. Won't that be awesome when the pastor and the leaders of the church don't have to say, hey, you know, you need to be baptized. Would you like to be baptized? Well, here's why you need to be. Well, you may not want to, but you need to be because here's, here's why. But instead of all that junk, they say, what's to prevent me from being baptized right now? And we take care of it. We get them baptized. And the discipleship process begins because we're missing that in the church. We look around at our young people and our young adults and we think, well, one day maybe they'll get it right. But what we need to be thinking is, what do they need right now? What do they need to be guided in and taught right now what prayer can i be praying for them right now and what example can i set for them right now this is not at all to make you think that god is impatient but again i believe that when god instructs it's time to get started philip led the man to the lord he baptized him and then as soon as the man was baptized i told you star trek was going to come into play philip was beamed up he was beamed away and he immediately found himself in another place. That's what this, it doesn't say beamed up, but it says the Holy Spirit carried him away. And Philip found himself in another place. It doesn't say that the Lord laid on his heart that he should travel to another place. And he went there and, and he was there. And, and then he, he 
settled in and suddenly he started thinking about where he was. What does it say? He found himself in, in another place. Instantaneous. First he was the Flash and then he was Captain Kirk, right? He was transported. Again, that's the kind of God we serve. And we stop and we think, but I don't have time. Look, when God gets ready for you to go, you get on the road. He'll, get to, he'll catch you up. When God gets ready for you to go, you just be obedient. God will take you to the next place that you need to go. Whether it's a supernatural beam me up, kind of transport me there, or it's a make a bus or a freight train show up in my <laughs> front yard to get me there. We serve a God that is not limited. Don't worry about being an evangelist and saying, I don't know if I have any way to get there. If you're an evangelist and God directs you, he will provide the way to get there. If God's giving you the vision, the pro will come. The pro vision will come to accompany every God-given vision. Proverbs chapter 6, going to be talking about some of the hate of God. We're called to some key areas this year that I told you about. One of them is maturity. If we are not mature men and women of God, then we cannot expect to be used. We don't need to get as, as close to breaking the laws of God as we can, but we need to put a fence, a perimeter around those things. And we don't even go into the courtyard. We don't even go into that area, even though we might be safe inside the outer perimeter of the fence. We don't even go there because we would rather err on the side of caution. Amen? We would rather not risk offending the Holy Spirit. We would rather make sure that even though there could have been a liberty that we could have taken, even though there could have been an activity or a place that we could have gone to or been involved in, even though there could have been something that we could have taken or, or put into our bodies that may have been okay, we don't because it's not worth it, y'all. Let's err on the side of caution. I'm not talking about we start to invent rules and, and become legalistic, but I'm talking about, Holy Spirit, if there's any chance that this could offend you, I'm just going to steer clear of it. Amen? So, when we're talking about being Phillips and we're talking about being expeditious, being quick in how we listen to and how we obey the Holy Spirit in these last days, in these last hours of the last days, it's not going to work, guys unless we are mature Christians. So I'm just going to give you a, a little bit of, of some of the things that God hates, the, some of the things that are deeply offensive to God. There are six things that God hates. Well, actually, there are seven, it says. In verse 16 through 19, there are six, actually there are seven things that are an abomination to him there's been a lie perpetrated for for i don't know longer than i've been around that there's no big or little sin but you see that is just not true there are sins but then there are sins unto death there were sins in the old testament for example that involved asking for forgiveness basically but then there were sins that involved an animal sacrifice do you see there are sins and then there are abominations. There are things that are even greater. These are things that God detests. These are abominations. And they're not just the things, some of the things that you might think. Because we have our, our pet peeve sins. Those things that are like, oh wow, he did that? She did that? I can't believe it. That's awful. Well, they may or may not be on God's top seven list. Let's see what's there. Here we go. 
Verse 17, it says, A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others. Remember, I'm reading from the Amplified. You should get one. It breaks it down so well for you. God hates a proud look, the spirit that makes one over, overestimate himself and underestimate others, a lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, and a false witness who breathes out lies even under oath, and he who sows discord among his brethren. He who sows discord among his brethren. Let me just talk to you right now about something, and, and don't assume that you know where I'm going with it until I'm finished telling you about it, all right? No getting up and walking out on me. A proud look. Remember I talked about people being of different levels of understanding, different IQs. Just because you're so smart, or you think you're so smart, just because you're educated, doesn't give you the freedom to discount people who are not as smart as you perceive yourself to be. Amen? God hates it. God hates a proud look. Let me tell you something else. Because it can go truly both ways. Just because you're no brainiac, but you got street smarts. You know what I'm talking about? People say, well, I'm not book smart, but I'm street smart. I have a lower IQ than most people do, but you know what? I've got sweet savoir faire. <laughs> or street savoir faire. So those people who are all uppity and educated, well, they ain't nothing. Right? It goes both ways. Either way, either way you take it, we don't have the freedom to discount another person. Amen? God loves us all. And we're to love one another. God heavily detests when the scholarly or the wealthy walk in and we give them a special seat up front. And then someone who looks like they slept under a bridge walks in and we're like, you know what? You can just sit right back there in that corner where nobody has to see you. Because we might have another visitor today and we don't want them to get the wrong impression about who goes to church here. That's not okay, y'all. We can spray down the seat later if needed. No, I mean, you know, it happens, right? Yeah, sometimes it happens. I mean, we use common sense. But their soul is just as valuable as mine or yours. Let me talk to y'all about this shot. Uh-oh. The jab, the COVID shot. I told you, don't, until you hear what I'm saying, don't get up and walk out. And then, you know, we'll be, we'll be done in a minute. All of this, I have been vaccinated. And you need to be vaccinated. And there's even that sentimentality among some of the vaccinated that you need to, the non-vaccinated just need to go ahead and die because they made a different choice. What does God hate? A proud look. Those who look down on others. Now let me tell you something else. Those who have not been vaccinated and they get offended at people who have been vaccinated for the choice that they made, because they're not as spiritual, or they're not as, don't have as much faith, or they have a condition that they think, I better get vaccinated, you're just as bad. Whether you've been vaccinated and want to look down on the people who haven't been vaccinated because you're better than them, because you made the informed decision and they didn't, or whether you're unvaccinated and you're better than the ones who got vaccinated because you're more informed than them, because whatever opinion you want to find, it's online, right? 
Either way, God hates a proud look. I'm not going to tell you whether I've been vaccinated or not. Does it really matter? God hates a proud look. I'm using that as an example because I think it's really relevant today. If we skip to the end and it says, He who sows discord among his brethren. What do we see going on on social media right now involving that very thing? And, and the shot in COVID is not the topic of my sermon today, but this is what is in our world right now. This is real world stuff. What are people, what are church people doing? They're sowing discord among the brethren, aren't they? I don't love you anymore because you made a different decision than I made. I don't love you anymore because I don't agree with your politics. Look, there are things that are cut and dried wrong. For example, abortion. It's not something to debate about. It's wrong. Look at this right here. What does it say? Hands that shed innocent blood. That is not a, your opinion is just as good as mine kind of thing. That's scripture. Abortion is a sin. God detests it. Now, I'm not saying that that's only talking about abortion. I'm just saying that there's no, what blood is more innocent than the unborn. Amen. But when it comes to our choices and our opinions about things, we can't be so quick to say it's black or white. Amen. When it comes to our preferences, when it comes to our trying to find something in scripture that makes it sound like this could be talking about this thing that's going on in the political world and maybe it is and maybe it's not but instead of saying well here's something to consider we start stating it as fact we have to be careful we have to be very careful because that just comes into sowing discord it can come into a proud look and it can even lead to the shedding of innocent blood if we're not careful. Things escalate so quickly today. When people begin to take their preferences and their opinions and their beliefs and they take to the streets and they begin to not only loot, but y'all, people have been killed. People have been murdered because of someone thinking that their opinion and their belief is more important than the life of an innocent bystander. God hates these things. A lying tongue. If you'll notice... Every one of these things is talking about something that causes harm to the brethren, isn't it? In fact, these are not really talking about things that, look, that cause harm to God or that offend God in a direct way, even though he hates them. Why? Because he loves his children. Amen. He loves his people. So we're to treat one another like God wants us to treat one another. This comes... We're talking about maturity, and we're talking about the fact that we don't have a whole lot of time left to get this message going through quickly. It's a heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans. Does that need any explanation, really? You're sitting in church or even in your living room, and you're making plans to, to do evil? <laughs> With or without the maniacal laughter. A heart that devises wicked plans? God detests that. Feet that are swift and running to evil. Now, hmm, here's the interesting thing. This doesn't say people that are quick to get into evil, does it? But feet that are swift and running to evil. Think about that for a minute. You ever pass a, an accident on the, on the highway? What do you want to do? You want to slow down and look to see what's going on, don't you? Now, I'm not saying that that's evil, but that's what we do with evil, isn't it? 
When something horrible happens, what do we want to do? Turn on the news. Let's find out what's going on. Let's find out what, what, what evil is going on in the world. Y'all, we've got more important things to do than concentrate on the evil that the devil is doing. Why do you expect you can put lipstick on a pig, but he's still going to waller in the mud, right? What do you expect lost people to do? They're going to act like lost people. But we should not be entertained by or distracted by what the lost do. Are you following me today? We should not run quickly to evil. Just because there's a train wreck, metaphorically speaking, doesn't mean that we need to slow down, create a bottleneck in another accident to try to figure out what's going on. Right? Let the paramedics do what they need to do. Let the, the railroad team do what they need to do to clear the tracks. It's not really any of our concern. We're on the road for a reason, aren't we? Because we need to get somewhere. Isn't that an awesome metaphor? Don't get distracted by the things that are going on in the news. Don't get distracted by the bad things that are going on in your own neighborhood. Pray over your home, install an alarm system, and then go on about the Father's business because we're running out of time. Feet that are swift to run to evil, we need to be sure that we're mature enough not to have those kind of feet. In fact, what do we need to do with our feet, Philip? Brother and sister Philip? We need to shod them with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Once again, evangelism, amen? A false witness who breathes out lies, even under oath. Well, that is another really easy one. In fact, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor, or we could say against your brother. Now, Oh, that goes hand in hand with sowing discord. And y'all, this is something that is so easy to get into. Church, I want, you to, I want you to grasp this because we need to really understand this. When I go to Kim and I start having a conversation with her and I start talking about Sister Betty and how I'm concerned about Betty because she's just seemed like she's had a bad attitude lately. And, and I say, you know what? It's not gossip if it's in the form of a prayer request. Pray for her. You need to pray for her, would you? What am I doing? I'm not really trying to get her to pray for her. I'm trying to gossip. And what am I doing? I am sowing discord. How is that sowing discord? She's not going to go tell Betty what I said. Well, she might. No, she's not going to go tell her what I said. What I, but, but what, y'all, and we, most of us have been guilty of this at some point or, or another because we don't think of it. And before we think of it, we've, we've started engaging in it, right? What have I actually done, though? I've planted a seed of discord in Kim's heart. Her opinion of Betty has now changed just ever so much. Kaylee, I need you to, to think about something. You know, I know you, you set up that youth, that youth ministry, but Brendan, just, you know, watch him when he's there because some of his opinions are just not scriptural. Okay, could you, could you just kind of keep an eye on, keep an eye on, what have I done? Now she doesn't have the kind of respect to go into the house of worship with her brother, brother-in-law, <laughs> with a member of the young adult group that she should, that she would normally have. Why? Because the pastor has sown discord. So we have to be very careful and it's a very thin line and the Lord knows our heart. When we start to talk about people, when we start to create rumors and gossip, you know, gossip isn't just saying, isn't just talking about um, spreading falsehood. Sometimes it's about telling true things. I'll be honest, I've had to repent of that before, and I was well-intentioned. I was well-intentioned. But God hates it. These are all things 
that we need to understand. It's not a nice to do, it's a need to do thing. We need to operate in maturity church every day. And if we are rumoring, if we're causing discord, if we're quickly fleeing to think and operate in motives that are impure, we're not operating in maturity. If we have a tongue that lies, we're not operating in maturity. And we don't have just a whole lot of time to get that right. So what we need to do is today, right here, now, what would Philip do? What would the eunuch do? The eunuch would say, let's get it done right now. What's to stop me from being mature? What would Philip do when asked, can we get mature today, right now? He would say, do you believe? Well, let's make it happen. Let's do it. Do you understand what I'm telling you today? Do you understand what the, what the Holy Spirit is trying to communicate through this, this, this flawed vessel this morning? Do you understand? There's not a whole lot of time left. We need to be expeditious about it. There's a hurting, broken world that needs Jesus, and we cannot effectively communicate the love of Jesus to a world when we can't show the love of Jesus to the world. You can't teach what you don't know, and you can't lead where you won't go. And I could say it like this, you can't lead where you won't grow. What did they do in Acts chapter 2? We were in Acts chapter 8, but if we backtrack to Acts chapter 2, what did they do when they were waiting on the, the Holy Spirit? They didn't just show up in the upper room and say, I'm ready, and boom, the Holy Spirit hit them. But they started the process as soon as they were told, didn't they? They started the process of seeking. And here's the thing. Okay, I'm going to give you one more analogy before we go. It's not even close to 12. Don't look at your watch. Trust me. There was a Native American tribe. And they, like a lot of other tribes, would do their ceremonial rain dances. Now, there's no truth or any real power in that. But it still makes a good example. Don't misunderstand where I'm going with this. But they would be hired to do a rain dance during a period of, of a drought. And the, the towns and the cities would hire them back in the old days. And they would, they would go and... And they would dance and they would uh, have that ceremony and dance and dance. And sometimes the rain would come and sometimes the rain wouldn't come. There was this one tribe that had a 100% success rate. Every time they were hired, the rain came. Sometimes they would dance for a whole day. And sometimes they would dance for a week. And sometimes they would dance for two months. And sometimes they would dance for four months. But the rain would come. When the chief of that tribe was asked, how is it that you have a 100% success rate? He said, that's easy. We dance until the rain comes. Y'all, when we get into the upper room kind of situation, we need to dance until the rain. No, we need to pray until the Holy Spirit falls. When we come to church on a, I feel the Holy Ghost, y'all. When we come to church on a Sunday morning and we start in our worship services, we need to have a 100% success rate. Amen. It's too late today. We didn't make it. But next Sunday is another day. The Sunday after that should be even better. We need to worship until the rain of the Holy Spirit falls on us. Amen. The time is now. 
Come on, stand up and don't stay where you're standing. Find a place to pray. Let's go. Thank you so much for listening to this message today. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope it's encouraged you. I hope that it's given you some motivation. Hey, go ahead and share it with a friend. For that matter, share it with an enemy. Just get the word out there. We want to reach as many people as possible. Also, thank you for your financial support. If you are not already a financial supporter, please prayerfully consider becoming one. Our Cash App, PayPal, and mailing address are located in the description below. Until next time, have an awesome day and live your Christ life now. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.